this journey is so valuable. It is so sacred and that you are cultivating abilities and skills that are so in alignment with your life purpose that I'm telling you nothing is in vain and that it will not be wasted. Welcome back in visionaries to the dream into being podcast where mind science, transformational psychology and magic all merge into one. If you're ready to dream again and transcend the inertia of what you've known, then I invite you to join me, your host and envisioneer Kat Divine in expanding the boundaries of your own Fantasia by remembering that you are the master you've been waiting for. Welcome back, Envisionaries. Today's episode is going to be me sharing some parts of my life that, I'll be honest, I've been a little bit hesitant to dive into certain aspects of my story for a couple of reasons. Some are just as simple as, you know, the fear of being vulnerable and being seen. And then another part of it is I'm discovering I I really, really value identity shifting and seeing ourselves in a new way. And I really understand the power of our words. So in some ways, I've probably been avoiding this specific episode for a little while. However, I did, uh, I had a wonderful interview with a guest today and she really inspired me to, to just be okay with being seen for exactly who we are. So today's topic is going to be me diving into and pulling the curtain back on my own healing experiment journey. And like I've shared in previous episodes, this is one that has been the most humbling by far, simply because it has been the one that I have struggled with probably the longest and still haven't quite figured out how to manifest the results I am looking for. I am well on my way. I know that for sure. I've had huge transformations along the journey that I will share with you. And I'm going to go ahead and just be really authentic and truthful about, you know, how dark the road has been up until this point at certain times of my life, because I think there is value in that. I think that the value is, I just look back at my own journey and actually wish that anybody out in the world had been transparent with me and given me some sort of permission to be in the experience without carrying all the guilt and shame. Believe it or not, sometimes that can be the hardest part of the journey is thinking that there's something wrong with us. But what I've come to realize is that there's nothing wrong with anybody. Nobody's broken. In fact, this is the human experience. This is the road to enlightenment is to be willing to experience all these different facets of life and that there are beautiful treasures to be found even when it gets the darkest. So as most of you already know, if you've been following this show, one of my highest values is to be as real and raw and authentic and transparent as possible because I find so much value in us sharing our truths. However, I do also recognize that 
some of these topics can be really sensitive. So I'm going to go ahead and put a trigger warning in here now that if some of these topics are a little bit too sensitive for you to maybe just skip over this episode, because I am going to be sharing some things that are considered scary subject material. Uh, Again, from the perspective of hoping that in my sharing that it will reach the right people that may find themselves in that part of their journey as well. And just hopefully offering some kind of a lifeline. At the very least, somebody out there knows where you are and what you're going through and that there is light at the end of the tunnel. So when it comes to this particular topic, the healing experiment, I I look at it in so many different ways that it can be the healing of our soul through a spiritual awakening. It can be the healing of our mind and our emotions through the mental health journey. And then it can be the healing of the body through the physical health journey. And I'm going to be touching on all three of those because all three of them were a part of my path. And to be totally honest, I can already feel myself becoming a little bit hesitant. However, It's really interesting, the timing of things. So maybe about a week ago, I had a really beautiful dream. And I'm one of those people that is just super blessed when it comes to higher consciousness, making contact with me through my dream state, and really finding a lot of beautiful truths in that state that affect my life. So one of them was so interesting. It reminded me, I actually just made a TikTok video about this that I'll post probably in the next couple of weeks. Uh, It reminded me a little bit of the Christmas Carol story where those spirit guides arrive and they take him through different memories and kind of give him the opportunity to make peace with some different aspects of his life. So something sort of similar happened in my dream. It was really sweet, actually. It was me as a child, and I wouldn't even say that this was an actual memory. It was almost the symbolic representation of an aspect of me, if that makes sense. So I was a small child in the dream, and I was kind of standing alone somewhere. I don't even know where I was exactly, maybe a playground or something. And I see all these other children running around. And I just remember feeling this paralyzing fear because it was like, I didn't want them to see me and not just see me, but I didn't want them to see me because I was alone. And that has been a recurring theme in my life is just the fear of being alone and so much so that I've actually manifested it at many points in my experience. And interestingly enough, I've learned to love it and I really cultivate alone time. And it's something that I am shedding any guilt or shame around. I think it's actually a really beautiful thing. So for whatever reason, there was an aspect of me that came up for review in this dream state. And it was really interesting. So I hear some some sort of a spirit guide voice in the dream saying, what if you just allow them to see you? Just allow yourself to be seen as you are. And it's hard to explain, but it was like a crack in the universe kind of moment where 
I made a new choice and I allowed myself to be seen. And what's very ironic is it wasn't so much about being seen by others. It was about me allowing myself to see myself and to make peace with the part of me that one is afraid of being alone and two, the part of me that loves being alone, which is very ironic. And since then, a lot I've just noticed a lot of my shame and guilt around this part of my life has just completely dissolved. It's like magic. I don't even know how else to explain it. Other than there is so much peace in allowing ourselves to radically self-accept whatever is in our life, knowing that it is there as a gift and that it serves a purpose and that there is actually nothing to judge. So I think the combination of that dream and this incredible interview I had with another guest today, which actually will be airing soon, it was just a great permission slip for me to go ahead and say yes to filming this episode, which like I said, I I have been avoiding it. I just have. And here we are. We're doing it. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and take you guys all the way back. And just kind of make some highlights of the main plot points in the journey and maybe some of the revelations and some of the things that I learned along the way that have allowed me to arrive at a place where although things are not perfect, the amount of healing that has taken place is pretty significant and so life-changing and just gives me so much hope that there is a version of me in the near future that will embody everything that I desire to experience when it comes to being incredibly healthy and a thriving human being. So going back to childhood, I was the youngest of three girls. And, you know, as I've learned a little bit more about psychology, I have discovered that there are certain roles that we all play in the family system. And the one that I, you know, I believe that we do have a pre-birth plan and that we do choose into our life experiences. And I chose into the experience of the youngest child, which often is the black sheep or the scapegoat character. And What's interesting is as I've learned more and as I've been able to shed the story of the identity of that archetype, I actually have found a lot of healing. However, I do want to mention it because I do think there is some validity, a lot of validity to that being the root of some of the manifestations that have occurred, whether it was physical illness, mental illness, or spiritual illness. And I actually do believe that they're all absolutely connected and that each of them affect the other. So I took on this role, which essentially just meant it created the experience of never belonging and never really feeling at home or safe. I never felt safe in my own body. I didn't feel welcome in my own home. I kind of just felt like an alien on the wrong planet. I was so hypersensitive, empathic, very intuitive, uh, probably very psychic at that age as well. 
And I could just tell that I functioned very differently than the people that were around me. So thank goodness I had my two sisters, which are my earth angels still till this day. However, I had parents that I just didn't connect with. And, you know, looking back, I know they did the best that they could and that they were, in fact, completely perfect for me to be able to step into the life path that I am now pursuing, which is all of the things that I love. And it actually required me to go through certain traumas to be able to develop the skills that I have today. So now I'm incredibly intuitive and I can read people and situations in about a millisecond. And again, that came as a trauma response. However, now I use it for good. So I'm telling you that all of your adversities in life truly are the breeding ground for all of your gifts. So if we can just look at it that way and be super grateful that we got to go through those seasons so that we could possess the gifts that we have now, it just seems to really lighten the emotional experience of some of the traumas that we go through. So what came with that experience was I was super emotional. I mean, to the point where if I felt like anything was off in the household, I would burst out into tears and I was extremely strong-willed and very, very vocal. And I, I don't remember all of it, but I've been told that I was just constantly in emotional outbursts and that it actually went on for years before I finally broke. And unfortunately, I do think that that was the cause of at least the beginnings of the mental illness piece, because if we do not have conscious control over our emotional state, it doesn't mean that those emotions go away. It just means that they begin to stack one on top of the other and their energy. So they actually stay in the body and they they take root as illness and disease. So it's really fascinating how much of this is all super interconnected. And what's even more exciting is that when we start to go through the healing process and we start to heal the consciousness, then it's almost like a top-down healing where we heal the mind and the spirit and then it heals the emotions and then it heals the body. I guess the body is the last one to provide evidence of the shift. However, yes, it's a very, very fascinating thing to experience myself and to also witness in others. So that combination of feeling like I didn't belong, feeling like I was not safe, and that I couldn't even feel my own emotions was absolutely the worst kind of trauma that I could imagine, because where do you go from there? Like you're in this human body, you're a little kid, you can't really take care of yourself. You kind of have to figure out how to survive in the environment that you're in. So I guess what I did was I just chose to shut down and I chose to retreat inside of myself and maybe even on some level escape the body and disconnect from the body. So that's one thing that I'm learning is that the physical body only develops illness when there is disconnection from the spirit. So right out the gate, 
very young age, I had some really strange things that would happen, you know, just super hypersensitive to foods. Uh, I would have really strange uh, physical manifestations. Like I wouldn't just get the chicken pox like every other kid. I would develop such a bad case that I would have chicken pox in my eye. Uh, as a child, I remember having chronic fatigue and just being constantly tired, which is such a strange thing for a child. Uh, I do think it was connected to the food sensitivities now that I look back. And then I also had some bone weaknesses, like where I would just be playing on the playground, doing relay races, and I would fall and, you know, break my arm. So there was definitely some things going on that I still don't completely understand till this day. But just a super sensitive, super fragile being. And it just, yeah, it started manifesting very, very young. So one thing that I do want to mention that I am finding is very connected is one area in my life that I look back on. And I think it was when I had the chicken pox, I remember my family being really extra attentive and very kind to me because I was sick. And I must have unconsciously made the connection that, oh, if I'm sick, that is how I get love and attention because otherwise it, it was a strange experience of, I, and I've shared this with my family, that it very much felt like my sister, my oldest sister was the parent in the home and that we, me and my other sister, the middle child, that we were her pets. It sounds silly, but that was kind of the dynamic that my oldest sister was the decision maker. She was the grown up, and she was kind of the one that everybody followed. And she really, really wanted sisters. So when my parents had us, it was almost like they didn't take responsibility because they were like, oh, here's your gift. Here's your pets to my oldest sister. And so that caused a lot of dysfunction as well. I'm not going to get into all of that. So fast forward to about high school age. I think I was about 15 years old when I had my first surgery. And it was something really silly. I had gone to the lake and somebody had thrown me in off like a small little cliff. And I ended up swallowing a bunch of the lake water. It ended up with some kind of infection that when I got to the hospital, uh, I got really, really sick the next couple of days. They didn't really know what was wrong with me and just kind of ruled out appendicitis. I think that there's not even really a test for it. They just kind of rule other things out. So they ended up doing an appendectomy, which wasn't a big deal. However, the more I have learned about health, the more I realized, oh, Every body part matters and it has a function, even if Western medicine doesn't quite understand why it's there, it does serve a purpose. So that was just the very beginning stages of some imbalances that got created. And then fast forward, uh, right out of high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. So in fact, that was a really, really big fear for me for a long time. And I kind of just had this wild idea to join the military. So that's exactly what I did. I enlisted in the Air Force and got shipped off to boot camp right when I was 18. And what's interesting is the one thing that my parents did that was actually 
in my opinion, really wise was they didn't believe in, they just didn't believe in Western medicine the way that the average person might. And so they did not get us immunized as children. And so we we had never been introduced to any kinds of vaccines or anything like that. So then when I get to the military at 18 years old, all of a sudden I get injected with absolutely every vaccination you can imagine. I don't, to be honest, I don't even know exactly how many they give you, but you just kind of walk down a line and there's two people on either side of you and multiple people down these rows and they've got, you know, those like little injector air guns and you pretty much just get inoculated for everything that you can imagine. And so Looking back, I think I had a really severe response to that amount of vaccination all at once. And I'll be honest, I'm not educated enough to know if it actually did cause any problems other than when I left the military because I actually was only in long enough for basic training due to other medical conditions, pre-existing conditions that when I came back home, I was such a different version of myself that it was undeniable that something happened. So just to give you a little bit of context, I was actually incredibly strong and very athletic. The captain of my basketball team, always playing sports and, you know, really, really thriving when it came to physical activity. Even in the military, I was, you know, bumped up to some leadership roles because I was so capable. And as soon as I got home, that changed. I was physically not completely incapacitated, but it's like, how do I explain it? It was almost like this off switch got flipped and I had all of a sudden I had severe anxiety, severe depression, severe things like insomnia and fatigue and um, weakness. And I was just, it was like, I was like a million miles away. People did not recognize me from the person that I was when I had gone in. So again, I don't know exactly what effect all of that had other than from what I remember and the feedback I got. I was a changed person when I when I got back. So when I say I was physically capable, I was in some ways like a superhuman version of who I am now, meaning while I was in the military, they were actually doing, uh, I guess, interviews or auditions for one of their programs. And it's called Sears Training, which is essentially a survival instructor school where they teach officers to survive, you know, in any conditions, anywhere on earth. And I think there was about 7,000 of us that were uh, going through the process, the recruiting process. And out of all of them, I was the only female that got chosen to actually, like, you know, one step away from invitation into becoming a Sears trainer. And the reason it didn't work out for me is I was also born with really, really severe scoliosis. I mean, to the point where you see the x-rays and you're like, how is this girl standing up or sitting up straight? It's pretty, pretty intense. So that's another piece of the puzzle that has caused a lot of problems for me uh, later on in life. But that was the reason that they said, 
I just was too big of a liability for them in the military. And they ended up doing a medical discharge. And I ended up coming home, like I said, just such a very different version of myself. And the other piece was now for the first time in my life, I'm not only dealing with, you know, physical challenges, but all of a sudden I'm dealing with mental health and emotional challenges. I had never experienced anxiety or depression before that time in my life. I just, for whatever reason, had some great coping skills. I don't know. I just didn't experience it until then. And then I went from that to all of a sudden it was my life. I was chronically depressed and so much so that I just went on total self-destruct mode. And going back to some of the childhood things I shared, I think I constructed some beliefs that I didn't matter and that I wasn't valuable and that my only way out of this game was to self-destruct. And so I kind of just seemed to align with several perfect storms that were taking me on that trajectory. So when I say that our self-identity is important, that's how important it is. It can be the difference between whether you just barely survive or whether you thrive because it is a choice. It is how we see ourselves. So at that point, I saw myself as completely worthless. And so how that manifested is I actually started drinking alcohol at the age of about 12 years old and then started smoking cigarettes, maybe like 14 years old, and then was also incredibly promiscuous because I didn't, again, I didn't have any self-worth or self-value and I didn't have anybody in my life to tell me that I was worth anything. So it was just all these ways of escaping however I could. Not only that, but I was really curious about other drugs. So I would try hallucinogenics, um, ecstasy. Uh, I didn't do the the big scary ones. Uh, just, I don't know, for some reason, my angels protected me from growing down a path that probably would have taken me out because I didn't seem to have an off button. I didn't seem to have the part of my brain that said, oh, maybe that's not a good idea. <laughs> Uh, I was just a very curious person. And I think it's been a blessing and sometimes a curse in certain situations. But yeah, there was always just a part of me that's like wanting to experience life and let's see what happens. So you take that and you mix it with anxiety and depression and a sense of worthlessness and no direction in life. And oh boy, it's just a recipe for total chaos and disaster, which is what happened. So not having any direction in my life, I ended up moving out to California to stay with my dad for a few years and didn't really know what to do with myself. So I ended up just working as a waitress and a bartender and really, really heavily got into the drinking lifestyle. I mean, to be honest, I I never got to the point where I identified as an alcoholic or a drug addict other than I definitely had the behaviors of one. And the only reason I say I didn't identify with it is at some point in the future, it seemed to resolve itself without me having to go down the path of claiming that identity. So whether I was or wasn't 
I don't think it matters that much, but I definitely lived the lifestyle of both, if that makes sense. And essentially all I was doing looking back was I was coping, right? If somebody is a really, really emotional, sensitive, spiritual being, and they're being told or conditioned to not be that, it's kind of like, what do they do? They just want to numb and they want to hide and they want to disappear. And so that was my coping mechanism. And to be honest, I actually think that it did keep me alive until I came into a season in my life where I did get to learn the tools of how to cope with being a human being without totally destroying myself. So while I was living in California, I had two actually three other things, three big things that happened that I think really were the perfect storm for so many things to kind of just collide at the same time and become way too much for my system to handle. So the first one was seemingly very innocent. At the time, uh, I had some mercury fillings and I wanted you know, for aesthetics reasons, I wanted the mercury ones out and I wanted those replaced with white fillings. So they looked, my teeth looked better. And interestingly enough, I didn't learn this until later in life that it is incredibly important and so vital that if you're going to do that, that it has to be done with a very specific protocol. Otherwise you will get some, some version of mercury poisoning for sure. And in fact, they're even tracing this to being a factor in why so many dentists end their lives very early on in their career because it does something to the brain and then it also goes after the thyroid. So that's interesting. I'll share that in just a second. And then the second trauma that occurred is as I shared, I was incredibly irresponsible in those younger years, very promiscuous. And I ended up getting pregnant. Uh, I think I was 21. And Gosh, looking back, that was a tough one. I actually really wanted to keep that baby and be a mom. And I had some really intense feedback from the people in my life that that was not going to work out great. Uh, they were probably right. I don't think I realized my physical limitations quite yet. And I would actually have these nightmares that it wouldn't turn out okay. And so I ended up having an abortion. And I don't know exactly the extent of the trauma that that does to the body and the psychology of a person. However, it's an obvious trauma. And that was storm number two. Storm number three was something that was just me being totally unconscious. And sadly enough, it was coming from a good place of hoping that this thing would help me to receive love. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of sad, the amount of programming and conditioning that is happening out in the world, especially for young women. But right around that same time, I decided to get breast implants. And so that was perfect storm number three. I had no idea that that could be dangerous. In many ways, I feel like we're the guinea pig generation 
of finding out what is safe and what is not. And for whatever reason, the combination of all three of those things seemed to be a fuse that lit a fire that I was never able to quite come back from. And what I mean by that is I just started going downhill after that point and was never able to bounce back and recover like I once was. And fast forward a few years, I ended up going to the emergency room because I was having trouble breathing at work. And they find that they call it a goiter, which is essentially just when your thyroid uh like expands and they did uh, ultrasound and they found out that mine was like maybe about that big. I think it's supposed to be like that size. And mine was, uh, yeah, probably about that size. And it was, you know, obstructing my airway. And not only that, but it was causing absolute chaos with my endocrine system. And so I found out that I, I was diagnosed with Graves disease So that was kind of the beginning of, gosh, I guess about a 20 plus year journey of, I I refer to it as being professionally sick, because that's about the amount of time that time and energy and resources that I had to spend on, you know, for many years, just trying not to die. That was my goal. And I've since revised my goal to uh, thriving and living. And I think that's actually what changed the game for me, but I was in a perpetual state of fear. And my big fear was to not die. That's all I focused on. That's all I would think about. And there, you can imagine how many problems come with that being the center of our attention. In fact, I was even thinking about this today. There's a really beautiful saying that says, where our attention goes, our energy flows. And it was kind of just like this light bulb moment. Obviously, I've heard that hundreds of times, but it really just clicked today that my attention, wherever it would be at certain chapters of my life, is where my energy flowed and what manifested as a result, you know, going into the whole science of manifestation. So for me to be completely focused on not dying, what do you think I'm going to animate? I'm going to animate multiple experiences over and over and over of the opportunity to die, but not. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of the reality of it is how I see it now. And yeah, that's really when things got very, very dark and very challenging. I ended up going on disability. Gosh, I will say that in some ways, our medical system is phenomenal. As far as emergencies, thank goodness for them, right? Uh, When it comes to chronic illness, not so much. It it is, in my experience, a little bit archaic, some of the things that they will put people through because it is very much trial and error. I discovered that there was not a lot of certainty and there were not a lot of answers, but more so like taking shots in the dark and just seeing what happens. So a good example would be my endocrinologist at the time would try all these different medications, all these different treatments, and I wouldn't have the response that they were looking for. They even put me on a form of oral chemo for about a year, which, wow, what a disaster that was for my my body and my health. The side effects alone were so much more traumatic than the actual 
illness that, yeah, what a, what a scary time in life to go through where you simply don't know that you have a choice and you just kind of do things out of complete and total fear, trusting that these people know what they're doing. And I do think that they had good intentions. However, there was so many pieces of that puzzle missing. So a really great example was at one point, this doc, this particular doctor was so frustrated with my results that I think it became more of like an ego dance for him that he was a really well-respected endocrinologist in the Valley and yeah, just didn't like the fact that we were not getting the results that he was wanting. And so he pushed me to the point of recommending radioactive iodine. And I know that that works for some people, but in my case, I was a really high risk for actually losing my eyesight. And I remember the day that he recommended that and he's like, well, we're just going to have to pull the trigger and find out, you know, maybe you'll go blind, maybe you won't. And I just remember thinking, what, like, what, is this even a real conversation? So I think that was maybe the first moment that an awakening started to occur that, yeah, maybe there's maybe this is not the answer for me. It took me many more years to really connect with what that sensation was, but that was my intuition starting to come back online and tell me, no, you do not let people bully you into things that could damage you for life. So by some miracle, I ended up getting connected with another doctor who was a naturopath. And although that experience created some of its own traumas. It did save me from doing the radioactive iodine and possibly losing my eyesight. So it, I will say, even though sometimes things don't make sense at the time, it's like, wow, what an amazing thing that happened to ensure that I didn't experience that level of damage, right? Like my higher guides swooped in and just made sure that it didn't go that far. So I ended up working with this naturopath and, you know, he kind of swung me to this other extreme. So there I was with the med Western medicine and doing, you know, drugs and surgeries and all of those recommendations to swinging to the other side and being told that, drugs and surgery are not the answer and that you have to do things like eat raw meat. And I mean, he just had all kinds of interesting philosophies that some of them were interesting. And I thought maybe, and some of them were just a little bit too much, too off the wall for me. And he ended up being a little bit too irresponsible with my care and pulled me off cold turkey off of one of the medications I was on, which then threw me into this, they call it a thyroid storm, which essentially is your thyroid becomes so overactive that you can die of a heart attack. And so that I came very, very close to that. And I ended up being hospitalized for the storm. And I was, uh, having tachycardia, which is just increased heart rate. I think I was at tacking at 220 and they had like, you know, the shock pads on just in case my heart stopped to bring me back. And I mean, they put me through some really, really scary things. I remember they wanted to do, it's a certain type of injection 
that stops the heart for like just a split second so that they can see on the monitor what type of fibrillation you're having, like what, what chamber is having the issue. And not only did they do it once, but they missed the results the first time. So they had to do it twice. And it's hard to explain what that feels like uh, to consciously experience your heart stop. And again, you know, what's amazing is my angels were there with me and it's kind of emotional to think about, but there was this one uh, male nurse or surgical tech or somebody in the room with me when they were doing this. And there was so much chaos happening in the room and people running around. It was just like a state of emergency. And he was so calm and so grounded and so present. And he just sat, he just sat on the bed and held my hand. And um, I don't even remember what he said, but it was just, he was communicating that I was not alone and that I was going to be okay. And so till this day, I have no idea who that earth angel was, but you guys, it's amazing those moments how much they mean to the person who is in crisis and to just never miss an opportunity if it presents itself to help somebody to know that they're not alone. It's so crucial. I have to say, just sharing all of these things is bringing up a lot of emotions. And I think I have kind of categorized them and put them in little boxes in my mind and don't revisit them very often unless I'm going through a healing process. So it's interesting to allow these, you know, stories to be revisited and to just remember how much has happened. So without boring you guys with so many details, uh, I went through situations like that over and over and over, just multiple hospitalizations, multiple surgeries, multiple medications. I think at one point I had nine specialists that I was working with and the combination of all nine doctors, I was on 28 medications a day. I mean, think about how wild that is. That I mean, can you even imagine the kind of chemistry that was happening in my body with 28 different drugs, not even knowing which ones were affecting other ones. And what's so amazing is I, I'll be honest, there's many chapters of my life and even years that I don't remember. It's it's like it just short-circuited the part of my brain that was able to capture memories. And in some ways, I'm actually very grateful for that. I think it's really allowed me to heal and let go because of how many traumas were occurring over and over and over for so long and back to back. And so the next part of the story that I want to take you into would be so that, you know, that was just the beginning of like the physical crises. And then what was a side effect of, I don't know, again, it could have been a side effect of the drugs and the medications. It could have been a side effect of my lifestyle. It could have been a side effect of all the trauma of the emotional suppression, just all of it. Right is uh, the emotional and mental aspects started to get really unbalanced. And so, gosh, I was diagnosed with so many things that, again, who knows if they were accurate or not, but I got diagnosed with 
you know, anxiety, depression, bipolar, ADD, ADHD, OCD. I mean, it was just the list went on and on. And the reason I'm sharing that is because a couple of reasons. It goes back to the whole identity piece. The times in my life that I would look at all of these diagnoses and be like, yep, that's me. And I would attach my identity to them. I would seem to really animate the symptoms and the experience of that 10 times more. And the times that I've chosen to let them go and just put those labels down and remember that my body is a miraculous creative machine that is self-healing and self-regenerating when I start to choose that identity that's when I step into the experience of healing so I just really want to point out how incredibly valuable it is to choose our identity and make sure that it is a choice that you are in alignment with because that is what you will experience And the other reason I bring this up is because, well, it's a part of my healing experiment for sure. But one other piece that I found to be so interesting is, and just keep in mind, I am sharing this completely from my own observations, not from a space of saying that these are universal truths, just sharing what I observed about my own process and results. And so there were certain things, for example, like the depression. I actually was hospitalized for it twice. Um, I'll just be really open and transparent. I had multiple suicide attempts that we found out were related to reactions to the antidepressants, which, yeah, that's really a scary thing. And I'm hesitant to give my opinion on it because I know it works for some people and bless them. And I know that it doesn't work for others. So I'm just sharing what happened with me and not giving any opinions or any advice here. I want to be very, very clear about that. Uh, But yes, I had multiple suicide attempts, which then put me in a, a mental health institution. So twice where I was hospitalized and I will tell you that is the most beautiful, amazing thing that could have happened. It really was the beginning of my actual healing journey because up until that time, I was convinced that I was alone. I was convinced that I was the problem, that I was broken, something was wrong with me and that I needed to figure out how to self-destruct. Like that was my goal. And The most beautiful thing occurred when I got into this hospital, all of a sudden I met so many other people like me. And I'm telling you just like me, like people that had gone through so many similar traumas, but people that were actually very surprising to me, like people that were business owners and very successful in life and yet still found themselves in this situation because we're human and we all have a breaking point. So it was just, uh, I I don't even have words for how healing it was to find out that I was not alone. And so while I was there, I had somebody share with me something that was the beginning of really changing my story because she was noticing that uh, in people's charts that most of us were vitamin D deficient. So like, what a simple thing, right? So she just made a recommendation of maybe explore 
making sure that you're not deficient and see if this changes anything for you. And believe it or not, so this was the second time I was in, uh, believe it or not, that was the last time. That was the last time I ever reached that depth of depression. Something about the vitamin D completely just rewired my neurochemistry or something. I don't even, I honestly don't know exactly what it was, but till this day, I still take it. And my mood for the most part is very regulated. So I'm not making any claims. I'm just sharing that that was a huge factor in me dealing with the depression in a way that I could manage and that didn't cause me further harm. Something else that I thought was super interesting, two more things, really interesting. Again, these are just my own observations. Before I had, so I ended up having my thyroid removed and before I had it removed, this is so trippy. I was such a severe case of OCD. I mean, to the point where I was legitimately worried that I was going to be, you know, you see some of those TV specials where people have have it so bad that they take like 10 showers a day or they have to use a different bar of soap every time they wash their hands. I, I was never quite to that place, but I could see that it could I could get there to the point where like I would count everything in my head. Everything in my surroundings had to be flush with um, like different angles. I mean, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> And uh, I was actually worried that it was going to take over my life and get to the get completely unmanageable. And the most amazing, interesting thing occurred. As soon as they took out the thyroid and I woke up from surgery, it was gone. The OCD was completely gone. And it just got me starting to think like, wow, okay, there's something chemical going on to produce these distortions. So when my thyroid was way overacted and causing so many problems, it was actually changing my psychology to the point of producing severe overcompulsive disorder. And then overnight it was gone. So it got my attention. And then again, that happened with the vitamin D and the depression. And then the third time it happened was super interesting. This was more recently. I had a really bad bipolar to the point where, I mean, I was just a total case of extremes. And I think in some ways that's my personality anyways. I'm just super curious and kind of want to try all these different experiences in life. Just, yeah. So I think that is a part of my personality. However, it did get to the point where it manifested in ways that pretty much ruined my life in certain ways. So I became very unpredictable uh, when it came to my moods of like high highs and low lows and to the point where I was thinking, gosh, am I ever going to be a functional, normal human part of society ever again? And Another doctor, a more natural-based doctor, had mentioned something to me that got my attention, and he said that bipolar might be the side effect of a certain medication, a thyroid medication. And uh, 
again, I'm like hesitant to share too much information because I have no backing for any of this. I have no resources. I have no citations. I have no proof other than my own experience. So I'm just, I'm sharing this hesitantly because I think it's valuable to at least plant the seed for you to question what you're putting in your body. Um, but yes, it's a very popular thyroid medication. And uh, according to this doctor, the side effect is bipolar disorder. And then to my surprise, I switched medications. So I'm now doing the like armor thyroid, the uh, desiccated pig hormone, which ugh, that in itself kind of breaks my heart. I'm an animal lover. However, incredibly grateful that that's even an option because it worked. Um, I don't suffer from bipolar anymore. So when I jokingly say maybe it's part of my personality, I still do tend to have extreme ways of thinking. I do think it's more so curiosity. And the difference is, is that I don't take action like I used to, meaning I used to swing from one state to the other and make big life changes. I mean, big ones uh, without thinking about the consequences. And that version of me is not there anymore. So it's just, it's very interesting, right? That to think, wow, how much of, these behavioral issues are stemming from imbalances, chemical imbalances in the body. So I find it very intriguing. And at some point in my life would love to do some more investigation and research on this subject, because I think it is very curious. And then I also have to look at the spiritual aspects. You know, I think about at certain points in my life, I made different choices going back to my identity. There was a spiritual teacher that had shared something that, wow, was very, very crucial for me to make a choice. And she said that we are, we're only ever committed to one thing at a time, one experience at a time, as far as our intentions. And she said, if you're having trouble with your life to this degree and you don't know if you want to go on, that there's a very good chance that you have not decided or you don't even know what you decided of are you committed to life or are you committed to death? And it was such an eye-opener for me. I didn't even know that that was an unconscious choice that I had made. And let's see, when was that... I want to say that was almost a decade ago, which was around the time that I started making different decisions. And I very clearly remember, I knew that I was committed to death. It, it was again, it was a very subconscious, unconscious result of my upbringing and conditioning and programming, but I was so seeking a way out. Like I wanted out of this reality and I was going after it in, in ways that were just so incredibly self-destructive until I made a new choice. And I did. I, as soon as it became clear to me that there was a choice to be made, I did choose to be committed to life. And what's really interesting is I made that choice out of curiosity. I was like, well, okay, I know what being committed to death looks like. I know what kind of life you can have if that is your ultimate end game. So yeah, 
I was just, if anything, I was just very curious. What could my life look like differently if I was committed to life? What choices would be different? What identity would be different? What experiences would be different? And wow, little did I know that that was probably the beginning phases of a spiritual awakening that did take place that completely just rewired the whole operating system to the point where I actually do feel like I was a very different person before the awakening to now. And probably everybody in my life would have to agree. So I know this video is already getting a little bit lengthy, so I'm not going to get into that story today. I will make another episode on that topic again, because it was such a it was such a fantastic experience that I would love to share. So I will create an episode on that, my spiritual awakening at some point in the very near future. But coming back to the healing experiment, uh, that was a turning point. And I will say that what happened was I just started lining up with such different information. And I started attracting very different types of people in my life, very different types of healers. And it was like one after another, after another, after another, I just started discovering this whole other universe of possibilities of people that just thought very, very differently than mainstream Western medicine. And gosh, I've been kind of rewriting my own programming because I will say I was very invested in the Western medicine philosophies and ideologies. I mean, I was deep in it. I thoroughly believed if I didn't take 28 drugs a day that I wouldn't survive. I mean, talk about a severe extreme. That is how that is how much fear was running through my system is that I actually believed that to be true. So that brings me to my closing thought of where I'm at now. And uh, yeah, all of this coming back to that one decision that I made of choosing life or death. And essentially what that boils down to is, are you choosing love or are you choosing fear? Really? That is the choice that we're making in any given moment. What is your motivation? What is driving you? And so I started to recognize that fear was running the show so deeply that I just seemed to be a magnet for trauma, scary events, horrible life circumstances, you name it. I really, really played in the mud quite a bit and animated all of the nightmares that I could think of and they became my life. And so fast forward, as I'm starting to have more and more access to different types of thinkers, I do want to mention a caveat that even though they were different types of thinkers doesn't necessarily mean that they were accurate either. So that's a that's something that I do want to leave you with from this episode is the power of your own knowing, your own intuition and your own discernment. If anything, I believe that was actually the path that I've been on is the path to reclaiming my own power my own agency and my own ability to make decisions because I was up until very recently, like probably this year, I was still handing over my power to anybody who would take it. And what an incredible opportunity for me to have the chance to walk 
what I believed was a very powerless life so that I could develop a lot of compassion and so that I could at some point in the future become a bridge of understanding and of hope to anybody who might find themselves in the deep dark pits of their own healing experiment journey and provide at least a little bit of hope that this journey is so valuable. It is so sacred and that you are cultivating abilities and skills that are so in alignment with your life purpose that I'm telling you nothing is in vain and that it will not be wasted. And so as I've progressed on this journey, I really have been able to fine tune my ability to discern what is my truth and what is right for me. So even though I was no longer giving my power away to Western medical doctors and being their guinea pig, I did find myself giving my power away and being the guinea pig to any other alternative healer that I could find. And gosh, I don't even know how much money has been spent in this process between myself and my family and savings and insurance, probably in the millions. I mean, really a long, long journey of discovery. And earlier this year, I think, I believe, I finally got to the point of recognizing that there was just one thing that was off. And that was how much fear I was holding on to, how much fear was driving all of my decision making, and how much I was surrendering my power. And in fact, I had a couple of big aha moments of recognizing that I still was embodying my victim state, and I still wasn't taking all my personal power and being fully responsible for myself in my choices and in my beliefs and my behaviors. And believe it or not, even with so many significant changes, I mean, what's really cool is I manifested some amazing support. I mean, to the point where I now have a relationship with a holistic clinic uh, in California and in Mexico, where I have access to so many incredible therapies and healing devices and technologies and healers. And what's so fascinating is even with all of that in my reality, I was finding that I still wasn't getting the results I was looking for. I was still struggling so deeply, mostly with my physical body that I just kind of hit my breaking point earlier this year. And I was like, is it even possible to get well? Like, do people actually heal or are they just making up stories? In fact, I I don't think that I ever knew anybody that had actually healed from some of the deep, dark places that I had visited, right? Like, I don't think I knew a real life example of somebody that said, yes, I've been there and I've made it out other than maybe people on YouTube sharing some stories and And actually, it was a YouTube story of somebody that was sharing that she had been through something similar to what I've experienced and that she did recover and that she did heal. And there was something different about her story, though. It was so grounded and it was so genuine. And she actually didn't have anything to sell, meaning she wasn't trying to sell me some product or program. And I think that was actually why I really paid attention. And what she did instead is she interviews other people that do have products and programs 
that can help people. And it guided me to an academy that I'm working with now that is such an incredible, it's very, very comprehensive. And it, the whole foundation, the whole ground zero work that we do is learning to reset our nervous system and to purge fear out of our system through so many different modalities. But I think the reason that it is working because it is and that it will work is because the whole focus is about bringing the power back to ourselves and reminding ourselves that we are the master that we've been waiting for. And that is my tagline for my business. And here I was still not claiming that in my own life when it came to my body and to my physical health. So although I do still have work to do, and I'm actually okay with however long it takes, I feel like I'm finally, finally on that path of true self-discovery and true healing because it finally clicks that, oh, okay, this is all about me and me making choices that are in alignment with perfect health and up even up until this year earlier this year i was still looking to other people to save me i was still looking for other healers to heal me and that's where i was going wrong i was not connected to my own inner healer so that is the invitation that is hopefully if you have any takeaways from this episode is that we have this divine inner healer this inner wisdom that resides within. And once we make contact with that, that is when things start to change for us. So gosh, this is just such an enormous topic. I feel like I missed a lot of pieces of the puzzle as far as some of the experiences I've had. However, I think that hopefully I communicated the gist of what the journey has been like up until now and where I'm at now and where I'm going. And ultimately, I just want to leave you with one, if you're going through a similar experience that to let you know you have a sister out there that understands you really deeply understands the situation and the reality of the experience that you're in. It's not something that you can explain to somebody who hasn't been there. I've tried. (laughs) And I'm sure if you're listening to this, And you're going through a similar situation. You've tried as well. And it's just something that we cannot explain to another person unless they've been there. So at the very least, hopefully it gives you some peace to know that somebody out there does understand you. And the second thing I want to leave you with is to know that there is a choice to be made. Are you committed to life or are you committed to death? Are you committed to love or to fear? That's really the only choice that we ever have to make about anything. And I'm so incredibly grateful that I chose a life path. I actually do believe that we do choose all of our plot points in life. And I'm so grateful that I did choose this one, even though it has been so incredibly difficult. It has cultivated things in me that I know. I could not even access unless I had to go through some of those deep, dark, scary places. And so although I don't think I would want to do it again, 
I am incredibly grateful for the lessons that I've gotten to pull through and that I am now on this other side of the adventure where not that I have manifested my full healing quite yet, but I'm at least in the position to reach my hand out and start offering some support and love and encouragement to anybody else who is on that path as well. And I think the thing that is the most amazing to me is that I've still, even though my life is not what I would prefer, um, I'll be completely honest, I still spend the majority of my time in my working from bed, working from my laptop in bed or sitting here making videos. Um, however, I do, I actually do envisioning almost daily now seeing myself in this new future where my body is just thriving and so healthy and so alive and that I get to participate in life the way that I want. So I know those days are coming and it feels really good to feel that confident for the first time in my life that that is what is ahead for me. I really was in so much fear before that I couldn't even conceive or comprehend that that was even a possibility. So I'm going to conclude by saying if you or somebody that you know is going through their own healing experiment journey, to just know that it is so sacred. It is so beautiful what you're going through. And if you could just put down the hammers and release any of the guilt or the shame that you might feel in this journey to know that this is not going to last, that this is only for a season, only for a cycle, and that you are not going to be here forever, to know that there is something incredibly exquisite and beautiful ahead, and that the only thing there is for you to do is to make that choice between fear and love, between life and death. So thank you so much for sitting and listening through another long episode. Um, I'm actually very very happy that I decided to go ahead and share this part of my life a little bit more vulnerably. Um, it wasn't as hard as I was imagining it might be. So that's great news. That means there's been some definite healing there for me. So that's, yeah, that's really, really good for me to know. And what a beautiful thing to just be willing to be seen and to know that it's okay that this is all just part of the human experience. That's all. It's not personal. It's a universal experience and that we're allowed to have these experiences, that it is nourishing to the soul to have these experiences. Before I let you go, if you could like and subscribe as a brand new baby channel, so every little bit helps. And I really, really appreciate your support. Also, if you are somebody that has had any kind of transformation in your life around any of the experiment topics that we cover, those are abundance, manifestation, creation, aka the entrepreneurial journey, healing, kindness, or connection, to please reach out to me and share your story so that I can actually have you on the show so that you can share your story with the world because I truly believe that connection is the result of us sharing our stories and it is so important. So please reach out. My email is in the description box below. Otherwise, I do hope this episode was of some service to you and at the very least was a reminder to you that you are the master that you've been waiting for. I'll see you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.